All right, folks, we're back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast, special Monday edition. I'm your host, Evan, here with Will, and we have a special guest, Bridget. Bridget, I'm going to butcher your last name, Condon. You got it. Perfect. All right. From ABC, uh, she covers a local area, and um, it's been a hot topic lately, so we wanted to, to have her on, and obviously we appreciate you taking your time out to join Two Schmucks to, to talk about this. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. All right. All right, I'm going to start with an easy question. It's something from one of our fans. If fingers on one of your hands could shoot out a single condiment, but those were the only condiments you could have for the rest of your life, which five condiments would you choose? <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, obviously, Chick-fil-A sauce. Um, okay, here we go. I'm going to go with ranch. Um, nice. Honey mustard, barbecue sauce. I'm actually a big sauce girl. And um, hot sauce. Those are my favorite. Which kind of hot sauce? Frank's Red Hot. Oh, no. You were I so know. close. If you would have said I'm Texas sorry. Pete, you would have had it. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Give me Frank Red Hot, man. Texas Pete is a joke, and I'm from Winston-Salem, and I said it. <laughs> I oh, that's that. brutal. <laughs> that's brutal. Uh, but, Bruce, you want to get in. I want to start a little bit about with, with your background. Yeah. And, you know, your manhood. Uh, so I believe, and this is the most research we've done. We pulled your Twitter bio, and it says you're from Massachusetts. You went to JMU. Who did you grow up pulling for? Pulling mm-hmm. for? Yeah, so college? I um, grew up outside of Boston, so obviously that's kind of where my love for sports started. I was the youngest of three girls, um, so for my dad, it was like we always kind of went to games together. Um, started going to Red Sox games when I was, um, you know, in elementary school. Obviously, huge Red Sox fan. Um, Patriots, of course. Everyone, everyone hates all Boston sports, and I'm four for four: Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, and Bruins. <laughs> um, so just add that to the list of reasons why you all hate me. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so actually, kind of a funny. Um, the when people ask me like, how'd you get into sports? I obviously grew up playing. Um, I played field hockey, lacrosse, and track. Loved sports. Watched them obviously growing up with my dad and stuff um when i was in sixth grade it was 2004 red sox yankees alcs game four we were at as a family and i don't know if you guys know anything obviously curse of bambino red sox didn't win um since 1918 right so yeah it went into i think it was i think it was extra innings and well i think it was still in uh maybe the ninth inning or something, the Red Sox were losing. And it was me, my two sisters, mom, dad, and grandfather on a Sunday night, I think. We had school the next day. And my mom was like, to my dad, she was like, Dennis, like, we got to go. Like, the girls have school. They're losing. Like, they're going to lose this game. Like, it's been the past, what, 86 years. Like, come on. And my dad was like, you never leave a game early. Absolutely not. And they ended up coming back. Dave Ortiz, I think, hit a walk-off homer. 
if I'm remembering the game correctly, and the Red Sox won. And I remember walking to the car at like after midnight, you know, it was so late. I was in sixth grade, <laughs> 12, 13. People were going absolutely insane in the streets. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, this is sports. Like, this is why, like, we cheer for teams like this feeling right now. And then they obviously ended up winning the World Series that year. And, um, you know, that was the first time that I really realized how much passion and emotion can come from sports and not just wins or losses. So when people say, you know, that night, um, one of the reasons why people were so mad at me was one of the many reasons was um, <laughs> of the video I posted of like, why do you guys leave? And like, from my standpoint, like that's something that I was always taught, right? Like, because my dad's a big firm believer and like, you never know what can happen. And so that was my take on that. It wasn't like to point out another flaw of NC state fans. Um, but, and then people were like, you don't understand this rivalry, UNC, like NC state, like we never won. And I'm like, as a Red Sox fan, I think that's pretty similar. Like people always compare the Duke UNC rivalry to Red Sox Yankees. Um, I think you can understand it, but obviously we'll get into it not being from here. You know, maybe I'm not as sensitive as I should be to. <laughs> no, maybe well, that's we... interesting. I grew, I grew <laughs> yeah, up, a, I grew up a Yankees fan. So oh, I, under, wow. I under... add that to my list. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I can, I wrote down your, in my notes here while you were you're speaking that at least she understands a loser with the Red Sox, right? I mean, I know how it's it a very similar mentality, right? From the 1917, yeah. just, just being beaten down in the weirdest ways yeah, the Red Sox were over the years. Yeah. It told me tons yeah. of, you know, stories, obviously, cause I was not alive for the majority of that drought, but um, yeah, I know exactly what it's like. It, it's great that Evan said understands a loser. And I was writing at the same time is a believer. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, you guys work so well together. We got different yeah. perspectives here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into a little bit farther, a little bit later. But I, w- I want to know, when you came here, what did you know about the schools and yeah. you know the rivalries uh, and all that before you got here? Right. Yeah, I think you UNC Duke is obviously the biggest national um, rivalry that people know about because it's just so insane i i was working in charlottesville before i came here uh covering uva so i knew about acc sports i knew nc state i knew all the the schools um i didn't really know until i first got here how the three of them worked like at first i didn't understand why like unc and nc state were rivals versus duke and nc state they, they don't really have much of a rivalry other than you know the local effect to it um so yeah that was something that I had to learn. Um, but after being here three years, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of how it all works. Has your, uh, Will's, will send me questions. <laughs> Thinking back on your experience, uh, has your perspective changed since UVA won the national title? Um, like has my perspective changed on what? I was going to say, like, you know, I don't know if you've interacted at all with your past Charlottesville, you know, cohorts or not, but, yeah. you know, has has your perspective of UVA as a program or the ACC maybe, like, kind of shifted at all from that title win? You know, after, talking about being believers before, right? It had been so long mm. for them. Right. I remember, because um, obviously growing up in Massachusetts, you don't follow college sports at all, right? Because you have the four professional. It's a very different um, environment than here where like, mm-hmm. especially in Raleigh Durham area, 
everyone's focused on college sports, right? You don't really if, – if you guys saw that picture, someone actually tweeted it out Saturday night of a Hornets game. Everyone was in, like, the uh, concession area watching the Duke-UNC game during the Hornets game. And it's like that's a perfect example of how sports work in this area, right? Nobody cares about the professional teams. So when I got to Charlottesville, I didn't really know. And obviously I went to JMU, not an ACC school. Um and I didn't really know about UVA's history. And I think it was one of my first football games. They were playing Notre Dame. And, like, they were leading in the fourth quarter. And I was like, this is sick. Like, just cool to witness, cool to see, whatever. Mm-hmm. And my boss was like, no, don't get excited. This is UVA. Like, they're not going <laughs> to win. And that kind of was, like, the theme for a lot of, like, UVA fans in, like, that area. Kind of similar to NC State. Like, no, don't don't get too excited. And even with the basketball team, they had Justin Anderson who, you know, that team was supposed to go really far. They lost to Michigan state in the sweet 16 or whatever. And I think mm-hmm. Michigan state did that to them uh, a couple occasions. Um, and that was kind of always like, we're never going to get past this. And so for them to lose last year, right. And be the first number one seed, seed to fall to a 16 seed. I was kind of like, Oh yeah, UVA, like of anyone to do it, it would be UVA or probably NC state. Right. But um, they, then, yeah, I was shocked that they came back and won it. Um, but, I mean, now they're having another poor season, so it's not like my perspective has changed in that I think that, you know, they're this amazing program now. I think Tony Bennett is a great coach, and I think he's definitely changed the program for the better. Um, but, no, I'm not, like, thinking really much differently of them now that yeah. they have the national title. Yeah. All right, well, br- bringing it back to the area – how much of the history were you aware of? Like, how, like how far back does your knowledge of ACC basketball go? Um, I mean, I know that they won once, and right in ninety, no eighty. I don't know what I know. They won before I was born. That's all I know. <laughs> don't worry, they won before I was born too. It's natural. Um, State but, has two yeah. national titles. 83 and 74. Didn't one of them get taken yeah. away or something though? No. Oh, no, 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 no. That up? They, they yeah. went, what was it, 30 and 0 when yeah. David Thompson wasn't allowed to, was basically held out for the year. Oh, okay. He wasn't held out, but the program was basically uh, told that nothing counted. there was something counted. weird with, yeah, one of the seasons that they had won. Um, Bridget, one of our listeners last week gave us um, to come for a, me. a bunch of uh, no, not too bad not too bad they gave us a bunch of books uh that myself i haven't even read either but um uh, a couple books that are talk about the history of the area that i'll pass on to you later if you're curious i think uh, you might find them interesting because it talks about that and the just you know the history of the uh, of the schools and the rivalries and all that stuff um I'll give you another softball question though uh, that maybe we can unite around what do you think of ACC officiating Horrible. TV Teddy. I know you guys have had some terrible calls. And then uh, obviously Saturday, the um, no call at the end of overtime there. But that was probably a yeah. good thing for NC State fans, right? Uh, it's hard to win in that game it's, for it's, us. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. So you said, like you said earlier, State and Duke don't really have a rivalry. But there is a, a really big, it used to be the rivalry. Uh, yes, I didn't but, know that. Yeah, and it just ACC has the way they've really butchered the schedules over the the years with your permanent partners and all that stuff. It's really diminished that rivalry. We haven't played them in football in 
feels yeah. like a decade. I don't. I think I don't know this what year it is. you guys do though, right? Yeah, yeah, we do play them this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so coming to the area, you know, you're new. You get a job with local news people. What lessons? What history lessons do any of the veteran media members ever give you? And I don't necessarily mean like history of hey, this will happen on the court, but like history of the fans and the rivalries. Do they ever, do they talk about that at all? Not, I think it's more you learn once you do something wrong. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> I learned, you know, not to tweet certain things. I tweeted about the snow. Someone said that literally that night. Everyone came after me. They were like, yeah, she tweets about the snow too. I was like, wow, oh, wait. <laughs> you guys are really going after me. What um, did you say about the snow? <laughs> I, oh my God, this was the first time I got canceled. Um, I was like, it was a high school football game and I was like, why are you guys freaking out about the snow? I used to drive in like a foot of snow to school because we did. And I didn't realize you can't say that people get so sensitive. And I was like, okay, literally people were like sending me death threats. Like, because I said, why are you concerned that it's going to snow? They so, were sliding um, into your DMS on that black ice is probably what oh, they were doing. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I learned not to do that. Um <laughs> Yeah, just kind of history of how fans work. Um, But the the other thing is, and this is a point I want to touch on, is every fan base is going to hate you and every fan base is going to love you because there's so many people there, right? Like, Mm -hmm. sure. even this weekend, Duke was tweeting at me like, you're biased. UNC was tweeting at me, you're biased. Like, even during the NC State-UNC game, some UNC fans are saying you're biased. Some NC State fans are saying you're biased. Like, I don't think that for the – especially the students understand how our jobs work. So they're just assuming that, you know, we're biased because maybe we're at one game and not at another game because there's only so many places one human being can possibly be at the same time. Um, And so I, I don't know if you guys want to touch on that and I can share my perspective. Um, Absolutely. What? Yeah. Give it to us. Okay. So there, for at least my TV station, there's three of us and a sports photographer. So I work Wednesday to Sundays. Um, Mark works Monday to Friday. Joe works Saturday to Wednesday. Okay. So like, for example, Duke's at home tonight. I'm not covering it because I don't work today. It's my weekend or whatever. And, uh, you know, if, a game's on a Saturday. Mark's not working. Joe has to be at the studio anchoring, so he's not covering it. So technically, mm-hmm. I'm the only reporter. So say NC State is playing and Duke Carolina are playing. Probably, well, Mark would probably work for a rivalry game. He could probably come in like he did on Saturday. Um, and, you know, we only have so many people that can go places. So if two of our local teams are playing, obviously you're going to show up there because that's two fan bases versus Mm -hmm. one but we would try to get someone to nc state to shoot highlights or whatever um we always show if all three teams are playing we always show all three highlights and even like i I think people don't totally understand what the word bias means because everyone was saying you're so biased you're so biased okay bias would be after unc wins at pnc arena i don't go into nc state's locker room and interview them I don't talk about them in my post-game report. That's biased. And that's not what happens. You know, I can tweet out a video of your fans leaving, and you can call that biased, but at the end of the day, I'm going to still go into the locker room, ask questions, try to figure out what's going on with this team, and report it so that everyone else can 
hear that, you know, without that person, fans don't get to hear what they're saying. You know, that's the whole point of a reporter, right? Being the middleman between a team and, and the fans. Um, and so I, I also think a lot of it that night was people were like, you're a terrible reporter, you're biased, da, da, da. And then saying, I've never seen you before. It's like, well, you are contradicting yourself. If you've never <laughs> seen any of my work before, <laughs> how are you telling me I'm a terrible reporter? How yeah. are you telling me that I'm so biased? Because two days ago at you in, at uh, the Carolina game, it was Carolina, Miami, I think. I took a video of the Dean Dome being empty, and I was like, wow, this is crazy to see. All of NC State fans were retweeting it like, this is awesome content, da 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 Three days later, you're coming at me. It's like, do you realize this is the same account that you retweeted? Or like, I posted a picture of Kevin Keats' shoes pregame. He had like these Wolfpack shoes with like fire on them. And uh, NC State fans were loving that. And then five minutes later, we hate you. I'm like, do you realize right below your tweet of you telling me you hate me is a retweet of something of mine? Like, I, I think it's, I don't know. Again, like I understand now the frustration and stuff and I think I was like the easiest person to come at but I'm not gonna help your team win and I don't like the common misconception is that we're pulling for certain teams I do, I do not care like I don't care who wins what I really truly to my soul don't I care about players because you get to know a certain player right and you care about them as human beings and you want the best for everyone I want every team I'm covering to win a game of course that's going to be more fun to report on do I like to cover a losing team does anyone no that's not fun but it to say like yeah I'm only pulling for Carolina or I'm only pulling for Duke like that's nonsense that's not absolutely yeah. not you know so I think most state fans don't have that perception right they don't believe that uh somebody is pulling for somebody else I think what the real the angst is among state fans is that they don't get the fair shake when something's well something good happens they don't get the same sort of I would disagree uh, credit with that. when NC and when this yeah I was gonna say when the sin when something bad happens we don't get the sympathy and I think that's the perspective we come from and yeah. the reason I'll say that is because I'll give you an example when I believe this was last year when Anino switched beat reporters, right? They took Joe Giglio off our report, put him on uh, Carolina for like a few weeks or whatever it was. And they gave us Steve Wiseman, who was publicly unhappy with it. And he publicly expressed, expressed his disinterest in covering us. And, you know, that just amplifies state fans feeling that, hey, this guy is supposed to be neutral. He's supposed to not pull for anybody, but he has no interest in covering us. Like that is the that is our perspective from when you know you say hey they don't think we're pulling for you I don't care if you're pulling for us just hey don't be a jackass about it and like he was a jackass about it and I think that's where we get really defensive does that yeah. make sense Yeah I don't know that situation and I know Steve personally right. I think he's a great guy um, so I can't talk on right. that I don't know what he said but I think I I don't know I mean that's not what I do like I. Right. I'll go where I go wherever they tell me to go. Right. Like I'm not like yeah. pulling to cover a Carolina game. Right. Or cover yeah. a, a Duke game. Like I haven't even been to a Duke regular season game this entire season because just the way my schedules worked. And it's like that it is what it is. Like you're yeah. covering, you're being a sports reporter, you're covering a game. It's all fun. Um, but I, 
I mean, I well, even last year was it when NC State or Bradley Chubb year when they had yeah. um, the bowl game down in Florida. You know, we sent someone there and we didn't send anyone to to Duke's bowl game. You know, so that Duke fans could say, why why are you doing that? Like that's biased, you know. But it's like <laughs> there's other there's other things that go into trips like that too because sure. it's not up to us. It's up to money. It's up to obviously the NC State fan base is going to click more times on our website than the Duke football fan base, you know? So that's something our employers look at. It's not something we look at, you know, cause we want to cover everything. Um, but sometimes we're told we can't. Um, but I, I mean, I especially like have made a point to cover certain feature stories at all three of the schools. And I, if you honestly, if I did like a checklist of all the feature stories I've done, I guarantee it's NC State heavy just because they are more willing to reach out and say, hey, I have this story. Um, and, and because once you do one good one, someone's going to remember that and, and tell you, uh, you know, we want you to cover this, which is funny to me because when everyone was saying, you know, like you're a Carolina supporter, like you whatever are biased, I'm like, I, I think I've unintentionally done more coverage on NC State just because, you know, that's the team I get assigned to the most. Bridget, um, I don't know if it ha- would have changed at all yet, but have you noticed that kind of reaching out from state is consistent now with um, Debbie Yao's retirement and Boo coming into the picture? Well, we don't really deal with either of them. Um, okay. Because obviously they're, you know, the head honcho. So like the SIDs, like Annabelle Myers for football, she's great with, you know, telling media certain things that are going on outside of football. You know, she always lets us know when the players are shopping for toys for tots around Christmas or whatever. And Craig Hamill is great with the basketball team. Those are the people we deal with. So, mm-hmm. you know, Debbie Yao is not calling me up and telling me, Hey, I have this feature story or Boo Corrigan isn't. Um, so I, I, I don't really know how that them changing has, you know, impacted my job per se. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I wasn't sure if their leadership had changed or had gotten anyone else involved with that. Um, so I wanted to kind of jump back on this question. I was going to ask it earlier. Um, do you feel like the volume of one fan base in this area is louder than the others? Well, it's interesting because obviously NC State and Carolina are the two public schools, right? So they have the most people uh from this area that go there, you know, cause Duke a lot is from Northeast private school different. So I would say like Duke's fans are spread out much more than Carolina NC state fans are a lot of Carolina NC state fans, you know, raise their families in this area. So you have the students, plus you have all these fans here that went to school there and got a job here and have stayed here. So I would say like they're in this area, NC state, UNC are, have a bigger presence than a, a Duke fan base. Um, but, but it's tough, though, because, you know, Duke has such a national scale, but they're not, like, coming – their national fans aren't – or, like, fans all across the country don't typically, like – they're not looking at my Twitter, right? They're looking at Jay Williams or, you know, ESPNs or something. Whereas, okay, like, yeah. The local fans are looking at our stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to our episode 117, yeah. so two episodes ago. Yeah. You know, we deconstructed a lot of, you know, a lot of the angst. And I keep using that word, but the angst with state fans and the media. Uh, but the gist of it, to give you a recap, is what happened to Jimmy Jimmy V, right? This is before 
your time here and all that, obviously, but him being crucified by the media and I will had actually a good analogy. I want him to tell you <laughs> that maybe you can relate to it. Uh, yeah. So this is, especially for a Boston fan, you'll get this. So uh, I liken it to uh, what happened to NC state in the nineties is like the NFL deciding that nothing was wrong with deflate gate other than a one game dis- uh, suspension. And instead the Patriot owners were like, no, let's fire bill. Let's fire Tom. Hell let's sell the team and make sure the next owner isn't allowed to fire to, to hire anyone like bill. <laughs> or recruit anyone like Tom for 20 years. That's what state basically did to itself in the nineties. Wow. Yeah. No, can't imagine. Yeah. (laughs) It was pretty brutal at the time. And the, you know, the older folks will tell you that it was aided by um, the media's crucifixion of Jimmy V. And that's not my words. That's very much a quote from some of the older fans. Um, Yeah. You said in our, you said in our convo the other day that you've been here for three years and you understand our fans. So I'm going to read a couple of quotes from our fans when I asked them this question. I asked them, do you feel like State is covered differently than UNC Duke, Wake, in football or basketball? But first I want you to answer that question. Do you feel like State is covered differently than UNC Duke or Wake? Absolutely. Not in like the not- volume, but just in the perspective. No, not from my standpoint, no. like, And that's, I think, what my biggest frustration is, is when I walk into PNC yeah. Arena, I'm not – acting any different than I am at UNC or NC State or uh, Duke. Right. We don't cover Wake Forest. So I can't. Nobody that. does. It's okay. We, they're not in our market. That's the only reason why. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to read you some of these quotes and I'll, I want to get your reactions from them because this is very much how our fans feel. And I mean, we put this out there and got hundreds of people responding to this question. And I think it's interesting because I think for you to do your job better and for it is to understand our fans. And this is not just a one-off thing. I mean, this was probably 75% of the fans felt like this. So I'm just going to read these to you and I want you to see your reaction and you know, tell me what you think about it. Okay. Um, somebody said the media and in particular, the NNO has a horrible track record when it comes to NC state and how NC state is treated by them. This goes back years and years of perception, rightfully so has been for years that UNC gets favorable treatment by the media and negative things are brushed under the rug. If State does anything wrong, it gets overplayed by the media. Now, Norm Sloan dealt with a bias for years and complained about it, of course. Many of us remember the NNO and how they treated NC State during the Valvano scandal. Claude Sitton led the charge personally to destroy NC State's basketball program, and they succeeded. So when a member of the media, no matter how minor, tweets something at NC State fans following a loss to their most hated rival, they should expect to receive some backlash. Okay. There's a lot to unravel here. There's a lot. I yeah. Obviously cannot speak on, you know, Jimmy V and, and whatever happened that situation because I have like what I was 10. Sure. I, like, I don't, yeah, I wasn't here. <laughs> I just want you it. to understand that though. No, like I, I want you to I understand, understand what happened, that, but like, okay. When yeah. the UNC academic scandal, I know we had three reporters over there that day that it broke. Like I know we did right. our investigation team did so much on that. And still the sneaker scandal with the football team, right? Didn't they, it was UNC that sold their sneakers, right? Um, yeah. Last year or whatever we did mm-hmm. stuff on that. Yeah. Like I, I think maybe the, per- I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because yeah. a lot of times like it, situations like that, we hand over to our news people because that's, that's not sports anymore. You know, that's news. And so maybe people aren't seeing that because they don't 
follow those people. Like that could, I, I'm trying to think of like reasons why. And I understand yeah. like, yeah, you're, you're going to receive some backlash. Sure. But there's a difference in backlash and people tweeting at my employer that I need to be fired and I'm terrible at my job and DMing me that they, I don't belong here. And like, I should die and all this stuff, you know, like, and the thing is like, there was a lot to take in. Cause one, um, this family that I got really close with at NC state, they posted, you know, it hurts my feelings to see people coming at Bridget, whatever. And then people were commenting, no one's coming at her personally. Like we're just mad that she's biased. And I'm like, do you want me to show you all these tweets of people actually coming at me personally? Like, and I, I think it's like NC state fans are, it's a huge fan base and some of them are really nasty. And some of them do feel like this guy who wrote in and it's just like unfair. And I think some people just like, love to stir things up on Twitter. And so there's like all of that mixed in together. And then you, you know, they get this bad rep from other fan bases, like that, that they're this way. And it's like, I don't know, how do you fix that? Because obviously they feel a certain way with how they've been treated. Right. But is that, is coming at every single person that says something negative going to fix that? No. Like it, is that going to change your team's trajectory for the rest of the season? trajectory no like i don't know so so i I only bring it up because you you keep alluding to it but the you know the the tweet that really started the storm here that all of this right it wasn't the one from the state game it was was the the sympathy tweet it was exactly it's the state fans see something like that and they see like they're just coming off a national title they're coming off the biggest scandal in you know NCAA history that they just completely but, okay, wash over okay. like nothing happens way, like I get that but like in my perspective yeah. like I said I don't care about the teams I care about players and in my perspective the reason I tweeted that out is like for someone like Garrison Brooks someone like Brandon Robinson who's not supposed to be playing the minutes they're playing right they've they, yeah right. they were on this national te- championship team and whatever but to see like it a 20 year old they can't say whatever get, to a national national championship though no i'm not saying i'm saying like i'm yeah i'm just saying that to move on like i understand what you're saying but what i'm saying is okay to be 20 or 21 having the like going through this season and having that much pressure on you and like losing in a double overtime game like you can just tell in their faces like these Kids are going to class in the next morning. You have to feel right. bad for them. It doesn't matter if they're wearing Carolina blue or they're wearing NC State. Like, that's all. Like, as an adult, it's like, you, do you remember, like, the things that you worried about as a 20, 21-year-old? And you now have this entire fan base that is only used to winning. Come, like, looking at you through a microscope. Microscope. I can't even speak right now. <laughs> and <laughs> you can't, like, do anything right. Like, you have to feel bad for those individual kids. I don't care what team they're on. And I'll stick by that. Yeah. I think one thing that maybe maybe why this triggers state fans and other fan bases too. I mean, it wasn't just state fans that responded to that. But um, I think what you're seeing right now is UNC is having to play players, like you said, that shouldn't be contributing to the minutes they are. And I feel like these are the type of players that maybe an NC State or a lesser program would have had to play in the past, right? So they experience a lot more loss and kind of heartache. Um and so it does seem like unnatural for UNC. Um, 
so like I, I understand where you're where you're coming from there. And like the tweet didn't even really bother me that much at the time. It's just I think a lot of fans, like if you looked at like the last like ten just like the last ten years for uh NC State, Duke and, and UNC, it's it's almost comical how successful UNC and Duke have been and, and NC State haven't. So I think they they trigger fast to that, but at the same time it's like I think maybe all fans need to recognize that UNC is playing guys that I don't think they would be playing on like these title contending teams. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, it's an interesting perspective and that's, that's why we want to get your perspective on it. Right. Because this is, well, I'm not trying to convince you to change your job or change how you do your job. Right. I want, what I'm trying to do is help you do your job. I'm help, trying to help you understand our fan base. And so you tweet out the, you know, the Carolina sympathy creditable, or, you know, fine. You, it makes sense why you said it. But like, then sarcastically, I don't care about any of these teams. Like, right. But then you sarcastically said your tweet for state fans, right? And I think that's that comes across the optics of that come across very differently. And if it would have been fine, probably if you didn't quote you write happy question mark at the end of that because it was obviously disingenuous. And so well, that's my where thing is, why, the two like it's like NC State has to comment on everything right it's like why and i guess now you're explaining it to me but why can't i tweet that at the after the carolina game not the carolina nc state what the virginia tech game and nc state fans see a tweet it's not about you and move on like why do i need to like be talking about nc state in everything i tweet that would be biased but you we weren't the only ones commenting on that. I mean, there was quite a bit of us, but I went back and I saw it. There was, there was Duke fans. There was other people like, really, you're going to, you're going to give sympathy to Carolina, you know, and that's, and then the, the rash reaction, that's what it was. That's what happened, right? You come out there and then you said, you know, disingenuously said the same thing about us. And of course you're going to get that reaction. It's just, it's not NC state fans. You said it earlier, all fan bases have crazy, you know, crazies. I've been saying it for a long time. It's like our fan base is no different than anybody else's. We have yeah. the good folks. We have the people who are indifferent. And then when you have the lunatics that are crazy, right? Those don't represent the large majority of our fan base. And when you, especially as a, a public person, I mean, shit, I get this from just having a second rate podcast is people get comments to me all the time. Like you're an idiot. I'm like, okay, I'm an idiot. You know, that's what, that's the nature of sports and how, we engage with people and that's just the nature of Twitter is just toxic for the most part, but that's just how it is. So I think you have to expect that if you're disingenuous to us or to anybody, really that same sort of vibe is going to come back at you. Right. I mean, I think that's go ahead. Will. yeah, sorry. Maybe we could like flip it for a second. Let's just imagine that it was the UNC Duke game last weekend's game. Right. And that kind of comment was made. I'm sure you would, expect the same kind of I don't know I don't want to say vitriol necessarily right but passion maybe in a, in a response right like do you think it is it really just like a state fan that would kind of come at you hard after a comment like that or do you think like a UNC and Duke fan would do that too yeah I just think it was like I I mean I don't know I, I don't think that my original tweet warranted the anger. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, I honestly thought like state fans would think it was funny, you know, 
that I was like, ha ha, like you're going through it. Like, are you happy that I'm like feeling bad for you? But like, and I think also that like, I am a very sarcastic person and a lot of my tweets are super sarcastic and like, you can't read that through Twitter. I mean, anything you write, you know, like people can, can read in their head however they want to. And I think people were so offended much more than they should have or, or much more than I had intended it to come off as. And so I think that's just, I mean, you live and you learn, right? Like there's nothing I can do about it now. Full disclosure, I um I actually did think the tweet was funny. Um, it was just the terrible timing, <laughs> and I said that on the pod afterwards. I mean, it was funny. I I, I you know it's I but, think and the reason why I think I got so mad that like I saw because there was someone must have retweeted it that doesn't follow me, and I think a lot of people did, and so I don't know like if a specific fan account or whatever did, and so like all those people like. I have state fans that follow me and like they see all my tweets, right? So they see my humor of me making fun of Carolina, me making fun of state, me making fun of Duke, like con- consistently across the three teams. But at that, in that moment, when you're putting a screenshot of my tweet out to all these people who don't follow me, don't know anything about me, don't know anything about my first tweet, don't know anything about like my sarcastic personality. Yeah. Obviously they're going to be like, who the hell is this? Like screw her. Right. And so that was my biggest thing. It's like, okay, I deleted the tweet because I realized people were, it wasn't funny, right? You know, like sometimes you make a joke and nobody laughs and like you get to move on. But when you make a joke and nobody laughs on (laughs) Twitter, you don't ever get to move on because people screenshot stuff, right? Yeah. And that was my biggest thing. It's like, okay, it's now 3 a.m. I'm laying in my bed after the game, still can't sleep because people are constantly stealing my DMs. Like, just please, just like stop. Like it's gotten to a point yeah. where it's like, okay, I realized my wrongdoing, like leave me alone now, like go about your day. I, I think part of it. And to me, Will and I talked about this previously, and, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this in particular is like you said, your style is more sarcastic, right? And that's fine. Right. I think you see others in the area who are also sarcastic, you know, and I, I'll point to Joe Ovius if folks listen to him or, even Mark Armstrong, who says it, who tweeted something just similar to you did, trolling off of what you did, but both of them are known commodities. So what I want to, my hope is that us bringing you on here helps introduce you to the fan base so that you are a known commodity. So that if you do make a joke like that, or you do say something, it doesn't, has a, or has a less chance of getting taken out of context, right? I want to introduce you to our fans and our fans to you. Right. So it's a perspective from each side. Yeah. I mean, I do think a lot of fans who follow me, you know, know who I am and know that from me. And like I said, like I've made really good relationships with certain NC state fans just because of stories I've done and ones that see my tweets and they're like not bothered by it. Right. So it's like, yeah, the fan base is huge and a lot of people don't know who I am. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, I don't know. I I think it's just, (laughs) It's tough. It's, it's Twitter. Twitter it's like, Twitter. And it's, it's difficult passionate. as a reporter, yeah. too, because you have all these expectations of tweeting, posting on Instagram, posting on Facebook. And that's totally yeah. different than when I go on TV and I'm a professional. I'm not going on TV saying, ha ha ha, NC State fans, you lost again. Sure. No, absolutely right. not. I'm saying this got this has to hurt. Like, how do they fix it? Where do they go from now? This is the mood in the locker room. You know, NC State 
yeah. you know, had it, I think I even said that night, I was like, all signs pointed to NC State finally getting a win in PNC for the first time in seven years. Like you could feel it in here, but you know what happened? And I'm 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 reporting as a professional. Twitter is like, right. if you're a professional all the time, you're not gonna. People don't. The, the the difficult thing is people don't want to know the professional you. They want to know you. Like they want to know what you're like. Right. That makes them connect with you more. It makes them more inclined Absolutely. to read your work yep. if they know your personality. And Twitter's a place to do that. But people, it's also a professional place. So it's kind of hard to find that balance. And so sometimes you do get these people thinking you're biased because of, of tweets like I send, right? But it's it's different what I put on Twitter than what I'm doing as a professional, you know, on TV. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's, <laughs> I'm in I'm in the marketing world and I have a lot of things that line up with what you're saying. It's hard to do both. It's hard to wear all these hats. And, you know, especially in this day and age and in, in Twitter especially, where you're trying to engage with folks and you want them to know you, but at the same time, you're trying to do your job. Right. I think it's a, it's a very fine line and is really hard to do well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I will be the first one to admit that I think our fan base is hypersensitive, right? And what I, what I try to do is maybe alleviate that a little bit. And I'm not trying to put anybody on blast. I told you this before. I wasn't trying to put you on blast. I want our fans to know you so that next time you'd say something, it's not taking out of context. Right. But I learned my lesson. And... I will never be saying anything again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's not like what we want, snow. right? I mean, I just avoid it. Yeah. Right. Again, that, that's it. You know, it's not, and that's not just state fans, right? There's. Oh no. Yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. That's. You know, it's you. You have to, you know, find like find your voice, right? I'm not trying to give you a lecture. Uh, I've been here before. I've been down that road, but finding your voice in a place where, like, you're from Boston, you're not from here, so that's you got to find a way to fit in. And you know, people are hyper. State fans are hypersensitive. Hypersensitive, and Southerners are hypersensitive about about the Yankees, right? I'm using air quotes, <laughs> like, but yeah. but yeah. So that I mean, I I understand that, and, and that's. You know, it's it's perspective, right? Our fans are, are wanting to just. We don't want you to be. We don't think you're. We don't think the media is overly critical, but I think a lot of state fans believe that there is a bias in. I don't say how they cover, but the maybe the volume or you know what they talk about or the message they send. A lot of that is based on historic, you know, BS that predates most of us. But it's there, right? It's a real part of our fan base. Right. And, you know, helping helping you understand that and then helping our fans understand you, I think that's going to make the connection a little bit easier. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Like, that was my, you know, that's just my biggest thing. And I think, like you said earlier, Twitter is so toxic. And I hate seeing, you know, people get canceled or, you know, you say one thing and your entire life's over. Like, no, that's not the point of life. Right. Like before Twitter existed, you were allowed to make a mistake, learn from it and grow. Like, and that's especially yeah. as someone who's, I think I'm the youngest person here in the media. Like I'm gonna make mistakes, <laughs> you know? And sure. I, this is a mistake I made, you know, I, I will say to my grave, I don't think I'm biased though. I don't agree with that, 
But yeah, I will be more cautious of the things I'm sending, when I'm sending them, what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lesson I have to learn. And I, I, ha- I believe I've learned it. Um, but also, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought, actually. Um, you're fine. Like, oh, I don't oh, think, I was, we don't think you're biased. Like, yeah, yeah I, what I was going to say is like, coverage. I, yeah. I, I don't think my coverage is biased though either. Like me right, personally, right. like I just stop. My thing is like, stop looping in local media as one thing, because we're all, we all do way like different things. Like Joe Giglio covers just NC state. I cover, we cover UNC, we cover Duke, we cover NC state, we cover the Panthers, we cover the hurricanes. Right. So like yeah. our jobs are totally different than an NNO writer who has their own beat. We don't have our own beat. So it is difficult, like managing all of those five programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but my biggest thing is like before we're all trying to cancel each other, like take a minute to slide in my DMS, have a conversation with me. Like, like we did. That's why I messaged you. I was like, look, like I'm not this demon walking around trying to ruin all your lives. Like (laughs) I'm just trying to do my job. And like you talking with me and explaining to me, this like has helped me and opened up, you know, a new perspective that maybe I wasn't looking at clearly. Right. Yeah. The good side of Twitter is that if you do engage with the right people, like I, I think the, the folks that listen to our podcast and engage with us, we have some really good conversations and they're the ones that allow us to have all these you know, notes and comments and things like that. And I think, so there is that positive out there and I, I can't imagine how I would ha- try to find it if I had to pander to state fans, Duke fans and Carolina fans to do all three. I mean, I think that's very difficult. Uh, and I think, you know, there's very few and I'm going to use local media. I'm grouping all again is there's very few of y'all that do it well. Um, so I, it's a tough job. I can understand that. I'll give you a pass. I won't call, I won't let our fans call you a demon anymore but I need something from you. Your comment to me that's, you know, your comment from your comment to me, says our fan base is always attacking people. Like, I don't know if that's all our fan base, just fans in general, but I think that's the one I wanted you to clarify the most. That was the one that got me the most when you said that. Okay. Right. Do you think that's right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Okay. That's fair. That is fair. I think. Right. I, yeah, I think that's probably true. I think we are more uh, polarized in that regards. Our fan base is like, like we'll ask, I think the volume of our fan base is probably a little bit louder than most on social media. Um, 
you know, just people are just looking for something and somebody to rally around and we haven't had it yet. And I think that's, you know, when you're, you, I saw your tweets earlier about the wrestling environment there. I mean, I think people are starting to come around that and that sort of thing. And that's, that's the good side of state fit of, of NC state fans that we want to see more of, right. But it's hard when you don't win, like, you know, as a growing up a Red Sox fan, it's gotta been frustrating. Right. And you're just, the air of negativity around it. Just that's where it is right now. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think. Yes, agreed. Yes, agreed. Well, Bridget, we don't, we took a lot of your time already. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know at some point though, you, you just broached a topic that Will wants to talk about, but I don't want to do it now because he'll probably go on for another 45 minutes, but we'd love to talk to you again about a different topic, but more about your, you know, growing, going through this, your career path through sports as a woman and interacting with, you know, predominantly male society. I know Will wants to talk about that. So if you're open for it, we'd love to have you back. Absolutely. I don't think so. I I think you're fine. I think you, you know, getting your perspective out there only is only going to help. And, you know, say fans just need it because there's a large part of our fan base that, that that needs that reinforcement that, Hey, somebody loves you. And (laughs) that's it. That's, that's really what we're going for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's John Swaffer, but we'll get into it another time. All right, folks. And with that said, um, all right, Bridge, thanks again. Thanks for, for joining us and, uh, We'll help talk to you again. If there's anything we can do to help amplify your message in the future, please let us know. All right, go pack.
Absolutely.